1: awesome episode of Untold Physio Stories, the Not Therapy Insiders podcast. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Dr. E with Modern Manual Therapy, Eclectic Approach, Edge Mobility System, and Updoc Media. And don't worry, I know some of you guys get worried when I do the intro, but my co-host is here.
0: I am here today, Jason Shane from Shane Physiotherapy.
1: It feels like it's been a while, and I'd like to say it's been a while, but it probably hasn't been a while.
0: It has not this time. This time, it's been a much shorter time between podcasts. So short.
1: <laughs> and uh, Jason actually has a story for us today.
0: You know, I'm going to keep it simple. And the title of this one's going to be Rotator Cuff Tears. Do They Matter? So, my story would be, and I'm sure you've seen the ultrasound or MRI reports enough, where someone comes in and they have a five millimeter, seven millimeter, 10 millimeter, 12 millimeter tear of their supraspinatus. And does it matter? So, the research that's come out, I think, at least in the last five years, is that most people, with a rotator cuff tear, do fine with conservative management, which is a fancy way of saying if they do range of motion, especially strength training exercises, they get back full motion, full strength, full function, everyday life. But one thought that crossed my mind was how thick is a supraspinatus anyways? So if you have a 10 millimeter tear, is the supraspinatus 12 millimeters? Is it 15? You know, is it 20? So I looked it up and, you know, obviously I would depend on the age of the person, probably the amount of muscle they have. But one number that came up was that uh, the width of a supraspinatus, maybe we'll say mid-belly, might be, say, for example, 15 to 25 millimeters. That's one uh, resource that I found. But upon uh, talking- You mean horizontal width? See, that's, yes, exactly. And you that's that's where this actually is going. So um, I was talking to a radiologist about this and asking, so how do they measure the tears? Because mo- a lot of times the tears just say the amount of millimeters it is. Do they use millimeters as well in the States or do they use inches?
1: It's It's, it's been a while since I don't care about MRIs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so- I'm uh... Back their But yes, I believe they do because it's it's scientific. And exactly. you know, anything scientific, we should probably be using the metric system like the rest of the world. So well, here's what's interesting is so I'm talking to this
0: radiologist, and I said, you know, I'm talking about the size of a tear. And what the radiologist says to me is that there's not a good standard for measuring the tear. So what I mean by that is, is the tear widthwise? or is it depth-wise? So, you know, or is it kind of a mixture of the two? If you go up and you look up sort of a diagram of a rotator cuff tear, you know, it might be on the edge of the supraspinatus, it might be going deep into it. So the issue is, you know, I think the, the length of the tear, obviously, not obviously, but perhaps would relate to how much supraspinatus you have and how are they measuring it? So, you know, if it's a 10 millimeter tear and it's had a portion of the supraspinatus that's 11 millimeters, maybe that's more significant, but I've never seen that reported in the literature. Now, as you said, you and I don't care so much about imaging in that aspect because we're still going to strengthen it, right? Especially but just, you don't care. Especially me, I know, if you listen to our last podcast and some previous ones, you know. But I just thought it was interesting to note because if, you, if you're a, you know, a therapist or even a patient listening to this and you think, oh, my goodness, I have a 10 millimeter tear. What if it's in a portion of the supraspinatus, for example, that's 25 millimeters wide? You still got lots of supraspinatus left. and This is the way that I'll sometimes talk to patients, right, to, right. to really decrease their perception of threat. But I just right. thought this was interesting to bring up because I wasn't sure if many clinicians had kind of thought about this aspect of, you know, how are they measuring the tear? How wide is the supraspinaeus, And in the end, does it even matter? I don't know right. if you have any thoughts on that.
1: I haven't thought about that in particular, but that basically reminds me of the way that there's no standardized naming or classification system of disc herniations either, and what someone may actually call. A herniation might actually be a protrusion. Someone else may say this is a sequest- sequestration. Of the jelly donut is broken and the jelly is all leaking out. Really? May go, yeah. There's no standardized nomenclature, wow. um, and and you know the the thing is these are all what I what I tell patients is if you ever look at an MRI, it's like interpretation of blobs, you know, <laughs> and it's not like. That, that's why um when you it's what I also tell patients is you know sometimes their MRI it might be bad news at best and then they then they go in with a camera when they're doing a scope or something and then it's a hundred times worse because I say it's like looking out a window and telling me exactly you're trying to tell me with your diagnosis exactly what it looks like but the window is all clouded over it's got like it's like got dirt and mud all over it and then you just clean the window then you can tell me what it what it um, so naturally, if there's any damage to the outside scenery, it's going to look a lot better. And that's like the the scope camera, you know? Got it. But yeah, it, it makes sense that if there's no standardized uh, naming or nomenclature, or at least classification system, at least last time I researched, for discs, there's, there may not be for rotator cuff. And that that's unfortunate because you're, you're going on these diagnoses, which often turn into thought viruses, and we know by the literature that... Uh, you know, as long as it's not like a full on rupture, where they have like a positive drop arm test that they can get a lot of their function back with just Absolutely. general strengthening.
0: And I'm sure I, I see that in clinic on a weekly basis of people who have diagnosed rotator cuff tears, and they get back to absolute full function.
1: For sure. And you know, I do have a story to add on to this, we still have a little bit of time, but there was a chef who was referred to me. And just be, because he was a chef, um, he was the, the analogy that I used made a lot of sense to him. And he was so worried that his MRI said full thickness tear, but he actually had pretty decent strength. He only had resisted pain with resistance at like ER and abduction. Um, he, but he had full range of motion almost. And, uh, the way I described it to him is that the full thickness in some cases, it, it'd be like if you just stuck, if you had like a thin cutlet of steak and you stuck your knife all the way through it, that. Potentially, the the full thickness is that the tear is going all the way through perpendicular to the actual muscle. Like if I had stuck the knife
0: all the way
1: through, but the rest of the muscle, like the rest of the steak is still intact.
0: Exactly. And that's kind of what I was saying, too, is full thickness tear. You're thinking, oh, my goodness. But where is it? You know, like if it's just in the middle, you have like maybe maybe there's still 90 percent of the muscle.
1: That's perfectly fine. Right. Right. It's like a, a hole in an earlobe. Is your ear? The
0: hole in the earlobe, yes. <laughs> okay. So basically, you
1: agree with me. Urson doesn't care. I No, absolutely not. In fact, <laughs> I, I may have even been the one who taught you to say that I don't care because I was like, every time patients you would it you know in my face, I would we... actually push him away and be like, get that thing out of my face. I, I,
0: I love that story that you tell.
1: Yeah. Oh, Mrs. Jones. How? A great, a great story.
0: Exactly. How can people find you if they want to find out more, Erson?
1: Uh, well, you can subscribe to our blog updates via email, and we update our blog daily. That's a modern manual therapy blog at the manualtherapist.com, edgemobility.com is where I have all my ISTM and my mobility and fitness and BFR products, including a new BFR cert with Dr. Kyle Coffey. Um, I'm also part of UpDoc Media, who I have to thank also for hosting this podcast. And the Eclectic Approach, Modern Manual Therapy, uh, we have seminars. The, the, the course calendar is on the theeclecticapproach.com. And as always, look for MMT, Modern Manual Therapy, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And how about you, Jason?
0: Shane Physiotherapy, either my website, uh, shanephysiotherapy.ca, Facebook, same name, or Instagram.
1: All right. And you have a good day.
0: You too.